to the Life Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Orm, and let's start talking about some Star Wars after we get through the business. You can follow the blog at mystarslifedead.tk. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for My Stars Life Debt and you can join the group. You can follow me on Twitter at BloodyOrm, B-L-O-O-D-Y-O-R-M-E. You can uh, contribute to the upkeep of the blog and podcast. Uh, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash mystarslifedebt. If you would like to purchase an exclu- uh, a bonus pod uh, entitled Life Debt Holiday Special, The Breaking of a Fan, uh, where, I lo- where I watch the holiday special for the first time and give a live commentary slash review of the uh, abomination... Uh, you can find that at mystyleslifedebt.bandcamp.com for the very low price of £1. And you can also buy merch. We've got three designs up on Redbubble currently. Uh, it's redbubble.com forward slash user forward slash podcast. And that's it for the business, so let's get on with the show. So, this week, I actually sat and I watched um, Attack of the Clones again. Um, I mean, for the God knows how many at the time. Um, and I realised that uh, when I wrote my, kind of my, uh, my Star Wars Life review um, post about it last year, I was really kind of unfair. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go out and say that Attack of the Clones is a perfect film. Um, it's it's really not. Um, but the, what I, the way I kind of spoke about or wrote about it, I was pretty scathing. Um, and I just kind of... I can't remember, I was listening to a podcast and I just fancied watching it. And I sat watching it. And... I mean, it's very easy to say. It's really not as bad as I was going on about. It really wasn't as bad as I was saying. Um, I'm kind of looking back and I think really what, what I was... I was probably having a bad day uh, when I wrote it. Um, I know it took me a few t- few uh, attempts to watch it. Um, but it really wasn't in no way as bad as I kind of... I don't think it's as bad as I was writing. Um, and I kind of wanted to kind of go out on record and saying, you know, I really do enjoy Attack of the Clones. I think it's a really, it's, it's a good entry in Star Wars. It's, I mean, like I said, it's by no means perfect. But um, as far as, you know, a Star Wars story and as far as kind of introducing Anakin at the end, an older Anakin... Then we had in Phantom Menace, I think it works well. Um, it really gives us an idea of um, the Anakin Obi-Wan relationship during Anakin's training. Um, we see uh, the the first, or the reunion of Anakin and Padme, which inevitably leads to um, their forbidden love and um, their even more forbidden marriage. Uh, <laughs> Um, which of course leads to, um, the conception and birth of Luke and Leia. Um, but we also get to see Anakin's 
darker side um, a couple of times through this film. Um, first off, when he is uh, when he basically unleashes his anger towards Sam Wessel um, as she's about to inform them of Django Fett, uh, of course, inevitably before she dies. And, and then again, of course, with the on Tatooine with the Tusken Raider camp and his um, subsequent confession to Padme. Um, you know, I think some of my main criticisms, some of my big criticisms in the post was dialogue. And I'm not going to say that the dialogue in Attack of the Clones is good. I think some of it is... It, I think my my big issue with the dialogue in Attack of the Clones is it feels like badly written Star Wars dialogue, as opposed to kind of like the Star Wars dialogue that we've that we kind of got in the original trilogy and in Phantom Menace. It kind of felt like um, Lucas was trying too much to write Star Wars dialogue. Um, I felt like the the relationship between Anakin and Padme just felt very forced. There was no, there was not. It kind of wonder why she ends up falling in love with him. Really, um, is is there some? And if there's like this weird kind of connection between the two of them, we don't really. <laughs> If there is like a connection, like a Raylo connection, oh, I know I just said that. If there is like a Raylo sort of connection between the two of them, it's not made obvious, and I think that, like, the, that would be the only reason I could see for her falling for him in that short space of time. Um. Unless this connection was there from the moment they met, um, which you could argue, but it's not made clear. Um, so you kind of, I, I kind of don't, I don't get it. I don't get why she falls for him. Um, you get him, you get it from him because he, you know, he was, he, you know, he had a crush on her when he was a little boy. He's thought about it every day for ten years. <laughs> it's it's kind of like you can see you can see it from him, and I think you know some of some of his dialogue is meant to be awkward, um, because he doesn't know what he's doing. He's a he's a Jedi Padawan, you know. They don't, you know, they learn about meditation and. Peacekeeping, not flirting with a senator. <laughs> um, so, but you know, even though it's his awkward dialogue, I just it, sometimes it comes across as a little too creepy. Um, which I think I would have rather had bumbling and awkward as opposed to awkward and creepy. Um, but. You know, I'm not a writer, I'm not, you know, I'm a filmmaker, but 
I'm not a big Hollywood writer. <laughs> you know, I don't get paid the big bucks to uh, write Hollywood, big blockbuster Hollywood films. So I can't really honestly criticise. Um, you know, I do, I, I really do, like, I really thoroughly enjoyed watching it this time around. Um, there's a lot to it that, you know, I kind of, missed when I was writing about it um before you know like Ewan McGregor is just fantastic as Obi-Wan um the one thing that lets the character down is the reshoots where he's got the awfully uh, glued on beard and um weird wig which is really obvious but um you know, you can get past that because, you know, you're not really looking at the beard, you're looking at the character in general. So, yeah, I do feel like I was a little harsh on, uh, on Attack of the Clones before. Um, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you all like a top five moments for me of Attack of the Clones. Um, so my... So I'm gonna go from like five, four, three. Gonna go in reverse order. So five, four, three, two, one. Um, so my number five moment, I would say, is Obi Wan's kind of sleuthing, his his um, detective work on Genosis. Uh, that leads to him being captured and interrogated by, well, basically offered the, offered to become Dooku's apprentice to overthrow Darth Sidious. Um, I think that's probably some of the best dialogue in the entire film with Dooku um, doing what the Sith always do, which is tell the truth to the hero, you know, and the hero refuses to hear it. You know, or doesn't want to believe it. Like, Dooku tells everyone the entire plot, like the big behind the scenes plot of Darth Sidious in this film. And everyone doesn't believe him. And when he tells Yoda in Mace Windu, they don't believe him either. They say that Dooku's twisted by the dark side. So, you know, he's become an agent of deceit and betrayal but he's telling the truth so I'm like I don't like I don't get it why wouldn't they believe him um but that's the thing I really love about the Star Wars films the villain like the Sith are always honest they're always truthful um even Snoke, who isn't a Sith, who isn't a Sith, you know, he's honest. He tells the truth, um, and I think that's like a really high point for Star Wars villains. You know, they tell the truth, and yet they're not believed. And if people just listen to them, and believe what they were saying, things could just get better a lot quicker. <laughs> um, uh, number 
number four. Um, not a moment in the film, but the saw the the um, the music score called "Across the Stars." Um, I think it's an incredibly beautiful piece of music. Um, uh, it you know it really that playing in the in the quote unquote romantic scenes uh in Attack of Hunch really kind of helps the helps those scenes be a little more bearable in terms of kind of what's being conveyed. Um the the romance dialogue is is the worst dialogue in the film. Um and I really think that uh um you know having this having this uh musical score and this song across the stars playing um through the uh through those scenes really kind of helps build that uh that romance or the budding romance because it's not exactly a romance until uh the arena but it re you know it it makes everything seem more plausible uh whilst the dialogue doesn't um so yes yeah, so that's my number four my number three is anakin on oh sorry i just dropped my ipod um is anakin on um tatooine when he goes after the sand people um from the moment that he sets off from the last homestead um with the jewel of face playing as he you know you know, rides across Tatooine. Um, one of my favourite shots in the entire film is him talking to the Jawa in front of the open sand crawlers and like that hut. The, well, is it a hut? It, no, I don't think it's a hut. But the um, there's a kind of it's like a marketplace, a covered marketplace, maybe some sort of very big tent. Um, yeah, I love that shot. Um, and then when he arrives at the uh, Tuscan Raider camp and sees his mum, his mother, um, I think that is some of the... It's probably one of the most gut-wrenching scenes in the film. Definitely. And then him, you know, basically giving in to his anger and upset, his upset, wiping out the Tuscan Raiders... And it being such an event that it's, it echoes through the Force, not only to Yoda, but to Qui-Gon Jinn, who's in part of the netherworld of the Force. Um, it's so intense and it really kind of sets that, sets Anakin off on that dark path that we know he's, that, you know, basically he's going to follow that path right until the end. Um... Number two, uh, I'm going to use put two two scenes here, uh, two different scenes, um, but uh, I can because hey, it's my podcast, my choice. Um, uh, the Django Fett Obi Wan Kenobi fights. Um, the 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 fight on Camino um, between the two, I think, is absolutely fantastic. It's really, it's a different kind of fight 
uh, for a Star Wars film. I mean, it, you know, it starts out all lightsabers and blasters and ends up becoming a fist fight. And I think that works really well. Um, and at the same time, you've got Boba Fett in Slave 1 trying to help his dad and all he's doing is, you know, making big explosions that sends the two of them flying. Um, and then in the asteroids, uh, the asteroid chase, uh, asteroid battle with um, Obi-Wan and his Jedi Starfighter and the the Fets in Slave 1, um, which just, it, it's so well done and the seismic charges, like that audio design is just beautiful. Um, just those moments of silence before it all, before they explode. Um, just looks fantastic. It sounds fantastic, and it's really fun that um, uh, both of them really are fun uh, fights. That really kind of you get to showcase both of the uh, both of the like the characters, um, how they fight and how they operate. And I think it's really well done. Oh, excuse me. It's a, it's a late one tonight. Um, my top moment for Attack of the Clones is basically everything from the uh, from when Padme declares her love for Anakin right until the end. Um, I think the whole Battle of Geonosis is just brilliant. Absolutely well done. Um some of the camera work, even though it's 99% CGI, um, you know, the way they operate, the way they use kind of the shots, um, especially in the ground battle, just feels really like kind of like boots on the ground, you're there, you're one of the clone troopers, you're going into that dust cloud after the, um, after the ship has, after the Federation ship has crashed into the ground. You know, you. It feels like you're there. It feels like you're taking these droids on, and you've got the um, you've got Yoda commanding um, from afar. You've got Mace Windu and the rest of the Jedi leading battalions of clone troopers across the planet, and Anakin and Obi Wan chasing down Dooku, and you know having a duel with him. And failing, only for Yoda to turn up and absolutely kick Dooku's backside. You know, in force in a force duel, and in a lightsaber duel, which Dooku only wins because he distracts Yoda for by bringing a massive pillar down almost on top of Anakin and Obi Wan. Which would have killed them both instantly, and Yoda would rather save them than take out Dooku. Um, the whole, you know it's just an amazing sequence, um, and it's one that I could watch over and over again. Um, in fact, when I was younger, I did. Um, I would probably watch it from. That moment in the as Anakin and Padme about to be escorted into the arena, 
and I just watch it right to the end and probably re and rewind it and watch it all again because it's an amazing I think it's an amazing kind of hour 45 minutes of Star Wars it's the first battle of the Clone Wars it had to be amazing and Lucas pulled it off so yes those are my uh, that's my top five of Attack of the Clones um, and the other day as I was watching Attack of the Clones I put a call out for uh, thoughts and feelings so uh, I got an email from a good friend of the podcast, Joshua Rowe, who, if you recognise the name, you should, because he's one of the uh, hosts of Jam Transmissions. So he sent me an email saying, Hey, Mr. Rum, so I have a little piece of comlink chatter, life debt banter for you today, revolving around the second chronological movie in the Star Wars franchise, and my least favourite so far. Ha! So, uh... Uh, Joshua, I'm stealing life debt banter. Um, thank you for that one, but I'm going to steal that one. going to use that one. I like it. Um, okay, so low lights. We get a very creepy Anakin. Later we get some clarity on the situation, but to be free of spoilers, it would have to be... It would have been noteworthy to clarify his sexual predator behaviours earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I, I do think a lot of his, uh, like I said earlier, his romantic dialogue is a bit iffy, uh, to say the least. Um, yes. We very we have a very wonky, roughly paced and slow-moving dialogue for a two-hour and 22-minute movie. Introduced, introducing cutting-edge computer-generated graphic special effects took priority over storytelling during the prequel series, and is most evident in this movie in particular. And Django said, miraculously stayed in the helmet. What the gonk. It's true. Um, I actually... I wrote... Uh, this uh, This film came out in the midst of... Um, me doing a load of my academic exams in secondary school. And I did... Uh, we had a, one exam kind of around the time that... I think Attack of the Clones had just come out on DVD... And I had to do this exam, and one of the questions was about how computer technology was helping or hindering an art form of your choice, and I chose film. And one of my big, one of the ones that I, well, one thing I really did write about was Attack of the Clones, and saying how CGI helped tell the story, but at the same time it hindered the film because it's all CGI. Um, so yeah, I can completely agree with Josh. You were there. Um, yes, Lucas did take priority of the CGI of the technology. Um, and yeah, Django's head staying in the helmet. Unless unless it actually fell out. Unless they were like, hey, it fell out as the helmet rolled away and we just didn't see it. Um, but uh, yeah, what the gunk. Okay, back to the email. Uh, with all of the negativity out of the way, on to the highlights. We finally get to get a hint into Padme, De 
we finally get a hint into Padme Amidala's life as a senator and former queen, the turmoil she faces as she attempts to right the wrongs of the Galactic Republic and fight the oppression in Outer Rim World under the Separatist Alliance rule. For a brief moment, we see Anakin and Obi-Wan during a small exchange in security detail outside Padme's chambers. Your senses aren't, aren't as in tune as you think, young Padawan. And yours are, Master. This seems like nothing, but a closer look shows a much deeper, more sinister connection at work between the young Jedi and the Senator. They are bound through the Force, and it is... <laughs> I said this earlier. Um, and it is a very heavy plot point that will not be realised until nearly 20 years later. This has more of the politics of the galaxy than the action and character arcs crescendos as a second act in a trilogy would merit. But the introduction of the clone army and the setting of the clone wars is a major fulcrum in the story that won't be overshadowed. Who else to drop them off than Grand Master Yoda? Thanks for letting me ramble. Cheers, my good friend across the pond. Until next time, may the force be with you, Josh. So, okay, I'm going to jump into your highlights here now. Um, yeah, I think for such a major player in the um, prequel trilogy, uh, we don't get a lot of information about Padme. Um, I'm really looking forward to reading uh, Queen's Shadow when it finally comes out over here, which is next month. Um, and, you know, she, she seems... It's very easy to have one of our lead characters be one of the good politicians. Um, and I really like... I love the fact that, you know, she's, you know, she's fighting for stuff in the Senate... But unfortunately, we don't get to see a lot of it, um, which kind of, you're right, there's a lot of politics in this one. And I kind of feel like it would have, we'd have gotten more from Padme if we had seen more of her doing political stuff. But at the same time, probably would have slowed the film down even more. Um... I, this is one of my big bugbears about the film is uh, for a brief moment we see Anakin and Obon during a small exchange in security detail outside Padme's chambers. Now, part of me is like, oh god, Obi-Wan's an awful teacher. But at the same time, I'm like, I feel so bad for him because he's... I think either he really doesn't know how to be a teacher, he hasn't, had, he hasn't been taught to be a teacher, and yet... You know, he's been thrown in the deep end with Anakin. You know, he is... Anakin is, like, the major special case. Um, he was older than the rest of the Jedi. Uh, like, he's older than any of the other younglings uh, that come to the Jedi Temple. Um, he, um... And... You know, he's the quote-unquote chosen one, surely, and I think I said this in the last episode, surely someone else should have trained him, but Obi-Wan felt like he had to because he promised Qui-Gon, which is fine, fair enough. Um, but at the same time, I like their banter. It feels very funny, like... Um, like and it, it plays out even more in Clone Wars, um, but it's nice to see the beginnings of that and then you know you've got the banter and whilst doing security detail and it carries on into um the car chase or speeder chase um 
I completely agree with you saying that there's a, uh, a they are bound that Anakin and um, Anakin and Padme are bound to the Force. Yes, uh, definitely, um, and it. No, it's like kind of realizing that and kind of seeing that, even though it's not mentioned outright in the in these films. I think you know it's a really cool thing that that they're doing that now and making it more overt. Um, and it's like kind of the there's precedent for it now. There's precedent for um the Ray and Kylo connection with Anakin and Padme, which kind of helps. It it makes me lean slightly more towards Raylo being a possibility than I considered six months ago. Um, but the fact that there is a precedent with the Anakin and Padme relationship just makes it feel that a little bit more plausible for me that Raylo could happen. Um... The, yes, the, yeah, and I say, here we are on to the, uh, this is more of the politics of the galaxy than the action and character arcs. Crescendos as a second act in a trilogy would merit, but the introduction of the clone army and the setting of the clone wars is a major fulcrum in the story. Uh, that won't be overshadowed. Who else to drop them off than Grandmaster Yoda? So, yeah, I completely agree. I think if you look at, like, kind of, uh, other great trilogies, um, and I'm not going to include uh, I'm not going to include the Indiana Jones trilogy for the sole reason that Temple of Doom is that like the middle the second act of a trilogy um, is actually a prequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark. So I'm not going to use that one. But if you look at like Empire Strikes Back, it's the second part of the trilogy. You know, so there's a lot of story told there, and I kind of feel that there isn't much, there's not as much story told in Attack of the Clones because the the story for that trilogy actually had to had to wait for Revenge of the Sith. Um and it was just it was just like Phantom Menace Phantom Menace told a lot of story it set up the galaxy. It had to tell a lot of story. Attack of the Clones is just... Um, it feels like kind of a filler. Um, you know, the, I'm not saying that it's a bad... It's not bad, but it it doesn't have as important... It doesn't feel like the story is as important, um, but it feels like it's the stepping stone we need to get to Revenge of the Sith. Um and I, you know, but then at the same time, the beginning of the Clone Wars is probably one of the most highly anticipated things in, well, one of the anticipated moments in all of Star Wars fandom. You know, from the very first time anyone saw A New Hope or Star Wars or whatever you want to call it, depending on when you first saw it, when Luke mentioned the Clone Wars to Obi-Wan, asking him if he fought in the Clone Wars, 
people in turn around going, what the hell are the Clone Wars? I wanted to know about the Clone Wars. My sister told me that uh, George Lucas was had written the Clone Wars. So I hunted, I tried to find the book. What I didn't realise is that what she meant was George Lucas was writing the prequel trilogy and I got it wrapped around my neck as a young child. But it it tells a lot of important it gives a lot of important beats, but yeah, I think it's a stepping stone film. Um and Revenge of the Sith is where the majority of the story um the majority of the story for this trilogy is told. Um, and I don't know if I've said it on a podcast or if I wrote it, but really I think what I, f- what I feel would have benefited the prequel trilogy more is having an older Anakin from the get-go. Um, you could probably tell Phantom Menace exactly the same way, just with Anakin being a few year, a couple of years older, um, you know, put, establish him in his teens, make, give him the angst there, and I think that would have, I think, then Attack of the Clones, then you'd have had been able to kind of do a bit more in Attack of the Clones, because he would have been that little bit more older, and then in Render the Sith, again, kind of, I, I would, I would have rather had an aged up Anakin, um, because I think there would have been a lot more storyline potential, and I think they could re- they could have really played that a bit differently between Anakin and Obi Wan um, in Attack of the Clones. Because I think you know we <laughs> we don't you know it took until Revenge of the Sith for film for the for us to see. For film goers to see uh, that friendship between Anakin and Obi Wan that Obi Wan mentions in A New Hope. Um, in this film, you they banter, but they don't. You don't see that bond. You don't. Like I watched Attack. I remember watching Attack of the Clones. I going, well, they don't really seem to be friends. I don't see it. You know, I can't. You know, was he a good friend? Because, really, he's not exactly happy with him. He's not, Anakin isn't happy with Obi-Wan. But then again, is that his teenage frustration that, you know, as, I mean, I don't know about anyone else, but I remember as a teenager, I was incredibly frustrated because I did feel like I was, um, kind of, you know, I didn't feel like I was listened to, you know, I, I felt held back, I felt angry, and, you know, all these things that teenagers go through, Anakin's going through them in this film, now, would I think it would have been interesting to see him kind of going through that in episode one as a slightly older Anakin, um, and I just, I just kind of think having Anakin slightly older would have really benefited a lot more with the Padme stuff and the Obi-Wan stuff um just because I I personally feel it would have added more to his character 
Um, but hey, that's just me. Like I said, I don't get paid the big bucks to write Hollywood films. Um, so thank you, Josh, for getting in touch. I really, I really appreciate that email, and I think you know you've come up with a lot of good points there. Um, <laughs> completely agree with with your lowlights and your highlights. I know you tweeted to me as well, talking about the the opening shots of um, Padme's ship flying through the fog on Coruscant. Uh, it was very reminiscent of World War Two films, and I completely agree. Even down to the sound design of the ship itself, just it felt completely World War Two film, and I love that. Um, I love that entire sequence with the ship kind of coming th coming out of space and going onto the planet with the two um, Naboo fighters as well. Just looked fantastic. Um, so yes, thank you Josh for getting in touch. Uh, great email and I hope to hear from you guys soon and more than likely uh, I'll be emailing in to Jam Transmissions uh, very soon. Um, and with that... I'm just going to remind everyone that you can visit the blog at mystyleslifedebt.tk. You can uh, find us on Facebook. Just search for My Styles Life Debt on Facebook and you can join our group. You can follow me on Twitter at bloodyorm, B-L-O-O-D-Y-O-R-M-E. You can visit Patreon if you would like to contribute to the upkeep of the blog and podcast. You can visit patreon.com forward slash mystylesdebt. If you don't want to sign up for Patreon, but you want to pick up a bonus podcast, you can visit mystylesdebt.bandcamp.com and pick up our first bonus episode, which was the um, Life to Holiday special, aka The Breaking of a Fan, where I watch uh, the Star Wars Holiday special for the first time, and I do a lot of commentary slash review of it uh, via podcast, which was very fun to do. The podcast, not watching the film. Um, and if you would like to pick up some merch, you can visit redbubble.com forward slash user forward slash life debt podcast. And you can pick up t-shirts, hoodies, various clothing items, various home items, phone cases, clocks, laptop cases, laptop stickers, stickers. Just loads of stuff. And you can find all of that at redbubble.com forward slash user forward slash life debt podcast. It's got uh, a few designs up there at the moment and we'll be adding more very soon. And if you like what we do on the podcast, please, please, please rate and review the podcast on your podcatcher of choice. And you could get it read out on the show. And of course, don't forget, you can email the show or send us a voicemail to lifedebtpodcast at outlook.com so if you want to get on the show please email in I'm very, I'm very appreciative of anyone who emails in or sends in a voicemail so please 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 do that so that's it for the show this week thank you for listening and I hope that if any of you listeners are heading to Star Wars Celebration this week and I uh, hope you have a fantastic time. Hope you travel safe and um, punch it chewy. If I can find them. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, punch it chewy.